All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to season two, episode seven of Revenue on the Rocks and actually our last recording before the new year. So with that, we have kind of a fun topic. Hopefully it's a going to be a little bit shorter, quicker, something to just put you in a good mood as you begin traveling for the holidays. The topic for today's conversation is actually how to become a better software buyer. So I think there's, you know, most commonly when you open up LinkedIn or when you get content thrown in your face, it's oftentimes around how we can be better sellers, how we can be better marketers or promote our product more um, and make it easier to buy. But today's episode is going to be a little bit more tongue in cheek, and we're going to kind of poke fun at some bad software buying habits and hopefully educate the market. So when Q1 rolls around, people are uh, a little bit more in tuned, I would say, with like the general manners of buying software. And hopefully this will help my salespeople close a lot of deals in Q1. So that's the plan for today. We are not actually drinking on this podcast. Don't have a great excuse. We're co, I guess, what is our excuse? Oh, wait, we have a very good excuse. I was going to say, you forgot the most fun part of this episode. We are recording it live. We are together. You can't see that because this is an audio platform, but we are together in person in a WeWork. We weren't sure if we were like allowed to bring alcohol into a WeWork. So I am drinking WeWork sponsored tea. And I don't have anything to drink just yet, but that will change as soon as we log off here. So yeah, without further ado, this will be short. It'll be sweet. Hopefully it puts a smile on your face and something fun to listen to as you're traveling for the holidays. So I wrote down a few things to kind of kick us off. Some some general like things that just irk salespeople. And I think it would be fun, Natalie, to get your take on when I share some of these thoughts. Have you done this before? Are we being too dramatic on the sales side? Excited to kind of pick your brain on these. I'm nervous because I've probably done all of them. I haven't bought software in a while, actually, but I have bought probably like over 50 plus pieces of software. So I'm sure I'm guilty of this at some point. You bought over 50 pieces of software? Probably. Maybe I'm making... Well, if we include PLG, I'm going to say 100%. Mm, Wow. Okay. Well, then, yeah, these might actually speak to you. I'm excited about this. Okay, the first one I wrote down, this is the first thing that came into my head, is when you are going through a demo, the call's going really, really well, you're excited about it, the prospect's excited about it, you get to the end of the call, they ask about pricing, and you as a sales rep deliver pricing as they requested, and the first thing out of their mouth is, oh, shoot, Natalie, that's actually way too expensive, that's out of our budget, I wish I would have known that, I'm so sorry for wasting your time, Uh, that's just no way that's going to happen. And that whole time, pricing was publicly available on the website. You're just as a sales rep, you're sitting there like, are you kidding me? We have a pricing page on the website. You did zero research. You didn't even glance at it to see if it was like operated within your budget. We went through this great call. Come to find out it's way out of your price range. We could have just saved ourselves 30 minutes had you just looked at the damn pricing on the website. So I've only done that for companies who don't have pricing on the website to defend companies. And I will say, too, sometimes there's special startup discounts. Sometimes people just know if you say the magic words of, oh, no, it's too expensive that they will give you the thing for free to defend my buyers out there. I don't think I've done this unless there isn't public facing pricing. But I understand they're probably why they're fishing for it and like hoping you'll just kind of throw them a bone. But yes, that is very frustrating on your end. And I think, you know, Natalie, to your point, obviously, if you are evaluating software and they don't have pricing on the website, that's totally different, right? That that makes sense. That being said, the only caveat there is if price is like your number one priority, bring that shit up immediately on the call. Like it's totally fine to just be like, look, man, I really like Nevada. I'm interested in this, but like, here's the budget I have. Like, are we anywhere close? And like, if the sales rep won't meet you there, or if they're like, well, let's talk first and figure out if this is going to be a good fit and they won't just tell you pricing, that's on the sales rep. But if pricing truly is your number one priority and it's not publicly available, feel free to just bring that up right away and just be transparent about it. I do think though, again, to defend buyers, like, 
I, I feel like sometimes you do that and you almost get like in trouble from the sales rep. Sometimes the mm. sales rep is like, oh, no, 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 we can't. You can't utter those words yet. Like not pricing. Like, come on, we have to get to know each other first. So I do think buyers, that's why it's always such an awkward conversation. Just because, again, in buyer's defense, like so often it feels like this weird thing that is so important, but we're not allowed to talk about until a specific time. Now, this is my podcast talking about buyers. Leave me alone. All right. Point number two. Googling competitors or vendors in a space that you're interested in, but then doing literally zero research beyond that initial Google search. So as an example of this, interactive demos oftentimes incorrectly get associated with product enablement tours, right? So like imagine you log into a software for the first time and you have this product tour teaching you how to use the software. What often will happen is like somebody will come inbound and they'll be like, oh yeah, we're looking at all these vendors in like the enablement space. And if they would have just clicked on our website or just spent any time going through our product tour, they would have realized that it's like, I understand how they might've been a little bit confused, but like just 30 seconds of research on the website. And you would have realized that we actually do not solve what you want at all. Like, don't just Google, I'm interested in X, Y, and Z and just book five demos with the five companies that pop up doing zero research. Okay, so I'm going to again defend the buyer. Like in my mind, that's like, oh no, like our website's not clear enough or we need more marketing materials on that. I think also just my mind as a marketer is just always like, oh, I didn't do a good enough job educating the prospect. I don't think I have booked meetings. Like I generally was, when I was doing my research, like I didn't want to jump on a lot of meetings. <laughs> Value of Nevada, but... <laughs> So I would try to do as much research as possible. But I do think there are some people who are like, you know what? I just want someone to tell me I don't want to have to do this research on my own. Good for you for wanting to jump on a lot of calls, I guess. But yeah, probably doesn't hurt to just do a, a quick website read through before scheduling that live call. It will save you and that sales rep so much time by just doing like a quick 15 second scrape. Okay, great. So this next one is probably my least favorite buying habit of all time. This one sucks. When you get on a call with somebody and you're like, cool, so tell me what piqued your interest in X, Y, and Z, in Nevada, whatever it may be, and they hit you with this line. Honestly, I just think your product is really cool. I've seen some posts about it on LinkedIn. I don't really know anything about Nevatic or interactive demos at all. I don't even know if it's a fit. I don't really have a problem. I don't even really have budget for this. I just had some free time and it's the end of the quarter and everyone's out on holidays. I'm just kind of doing some research for 2024. So what is it that you all do? And like, what is the value that you bring? you just want to throw up in your mouth and hang up that call. Like they come in with zero intent, zero research. Like that's what the website is for. If, if you just want to understand what a company does, like go read some of their blogs, go jump on their website, but don't book a call with a sales rep. Take an interactive demo. Take um, a product tour. No, I don't think I've done that, but honestly, I've kind of wanted to do that. There are actually companies, again, to no. defend the buyer. I haven't. I don't think so. But there are plenty of companies where I'm like, this is really cool. I currently don't have the bandwidth or the need for this, but I'm sure there have been times where someone has taken that first call and later when they did have the need or the bandwidth, came back around and Ben is shaking his head for again, the, no. this is an audio platform. But while again, I understand why that's frustrating. I also see the buyer's perspective of like, this is something that I understand is valuable. Maybe not to me at this point, but it would be helpful for me to understand it more for my career and to understand how other people are using it. So I would say, you know, that's why interactive demos exist. And I will just stop plugging Nevada during this podcast. But I get why they're doing it. And it's a compliment to us. As a marketer, I love to hear that. Like, oh, I, well, I bet you do. You don't have to take that 30-minute call where you have to just sit there and explain every value prop that exists on the website that they could scrape in 30 seconds on their own instead of wasting my time. No, but it's like they love us so much. They want to get to know us better. I, I love that. 
Keep doing it. Keep wasting Ben's time. I'm forwarding all those calls to you from now on. I'm... You can take them. Okay, some fun quick hitters here. Listen, running a few minutes late to a call, totally fine. We all do it. No big deal. We're in tech. Everything's pretty casual, right? Like five, even eight, nine, 10 minutes. Most people will send like a quick email. Hey, Ben, I'm running a little late. I'm on another call. I'm so sorry. I'll be there in a minute. All good. No issue. When you no call, no show for like 20 minutes of a 30 minute meeting, and then at like the 22 minute mark, and by this time, the sales rep has already closed out the Zoom meeting. They already moved on with their day. They just assume they got no call, no showed. But then prospects will send an email 22 minutes into the 30 minute demo that they booked that they've been late for without any other context and just being like, hey, Ben, I'm in the Zoom meeting and it says that you haven't opened it or the Zoom meeting has closed. What's going on? Are we still talking? Like, what do you mean what's going on? You're 22 minutes late. No apology, no heads up, no nothing like that. Like, where is the general decorum for people's time? That drives me nuts. I haven't done. And I'm I'm someone who is perpetually like probably a minute to three minutes late to meetings. It's well, an, I wasn't going to say it. It is my Italian culture. I'm not a big stickler for being 100% on time, but I'm also a big believer of not being more than like five minutes late to something. That's when it gets disrespectful. And yeah, I think at that point, I would just email them and say, hey, let's reschedule this or let's do another time. I don't have a good defense on that one. Maybe just reschedule the meeting. And again, it's one thing if somebody sends me like a really apologetic email, like 22 minutes into the 30 minute demo, like, Ben, I'm so sorry. I'm way late. Totally understand if you don't have time. Like, let's reschedule this. I really want to talk to you. But honestly, you'd be surprised how many times it's just an email like, hey, I tried to log into the Zoom meeting and it says you're not there. Where are you? What are you doing? Are we still talking? It's like, what? Oh, drives me nuts. Okay. The last one that's kind of fun and then two really good quick hitters is... The more context, and I think generally speaking, people do this a lot better recently, but the more context you can provide in the pre-call, you know, form information, the better. I can't tell you how many times we've gotten like leads to come inbound and we're really, really excited about it. Maybe it's a cool logo or a cool company and there's just no context. And so you're just like, I don't know what team I'm talking to. I don't know what their priorities are. And like, obviously you're not going to glean all of the insights, but you know, generally speaking, the more you can help your salesperson out by letting them know where you are at, the better the experience will be for you. Because if they have zero context, guess what? That's probably four more discovery questions that they're going to ask you versus maybe you providing some bullet points of context. And now I don't need to necessarily ask all those questions. I might just reiterate what I read. It takes 30 seconds. Just tell people why you're booking, what you're interested in, what your priorities are, and it really helps sell people out. Okay, I, I'm going to fully defend buyers on this one because I probably, I don't think I've been so bad at having no context, but I've probably done the few contacts. And it's because we had it used against us before. And that is why I don't want to provide context. And I know that's your job. So kudos to you guys for doing your job. But I, it's so frustrating when you're evaluating something, you're talking to a sales rep, you give the context and why it's important. And then later down the line, which again, it's your job, they like hold that hostage. They're like, but didn't you tell me that like proving website conversion was your number one priority for next quarter? So you as a marketing leader aren't going to act on your number one priority. Do you, do you know how to market? Do you even know that you should be in leadership anymore? Like, I'm going to call your boss and get you fired. Like, I've not had that extent, but that's what it feels like is going to happen to us, that we're going to be interrogated. If God forbid, sometimes, I'm sorry, as a buyer, sometimes we do change our minds and priorities shift around. And I know that's really frustrating, but I, I'm going to defend buyers on that one because, yes, I agree with you. They should tell you more. And if we have a great sales team and a great salesperson, they won't hold you hostage. But I have been held hostage before. Wow, that really struck a chord with you. That like the real Italian and you just came out right there. That was great. I think that's fair. That's fair. The other thing in this same vein, I will say is, listen, we have all had really shitty, annoying, bad buying experiences. Don't associate that one experience then with every other potential buying experience you may have down the line. And what I mean by that is once in a while, we'll get somebody inbound and they'll fill out in like the pre-call form. 
I don't want to talk to an SDR. Please make sure a solution engineer is on this call. Like I have very technical questions. Like I don't want to go through like a pre-call qualification call. I get it. I don't want to do those things either. And you can just clearly tell that this individual has been burned or jaded from past annoying hoops that they might have to jump through just to see the product. Again, maybe a good plug for interactive demos. But just because you've had a bad experience or two doesn't mean that every sales call is going to be like that. And it's just not starting the relationship off on a great foot when you kind of send in a form, even though I just asked for people to fill out forms more, uh, with like really kind of just like snappy attitude type responses. I think all this is coming down to of like, just remember salespeople are people. Like I don't have a huge defense for the buyer on this one, but I get it. Like I've had terrible sales experiences too that you just don't want to waste anyone's time. But I think there's always as a buyer, we have to remember of like, we're all just people. I think sometimes you forget that in software. It's like, there was a person behind it. If you were doing an annoying buying process, it probably wasn't that SDR's decision to ask you all the bant questions. Like it sucks to go through, but remember, it's not them. They're not the reason that you have to answer 10 times. So yes, at companies, let's be better. Let's create better buying experiences. But also as buyers, let's try to have a little empathy for the person on the other side. Because sometimes I think we forget. It's like, oh, they want my business, so I can treat them however I want. And look, like salespeople aren't people, right? Like we're creatures. I get it. But, you know, just like a general overall decorum would be appreciated. Um, Okay. Two fun ones here. This one's going to be hard to say without swearing. I have put the explicit mark on every single podcast. Because of me. I probably because of me too. But there's not been an episode of Revenue the Rocks. Like if you're true fans and you know one, but like we curse on everyone. Yeah. I mean, I swear like a sailor. Just ask anybody on the team. All right. Booking a call at 430 on like a Friday afternoon. Fuck off. No, just like, come on. Like, unless you are like Google and you want to purchase like a seven figure contract, then like, yeah, I'll take that call on Friday afternoon. But like, if you're just kicking the tires and you want just like a general overview call, do not book a call on like a late Friday afternoon. Like, I don't even think I need to explain that one. No, I agree with that one just in general. Like, I've had networking calls at that time. I just just think don't. And I think what often is it's people in different time zones who forget that it's our afternoon. And I totally like I forget sometimes that's really early for some people. So I totally get it. But yeah, I'm aligned. I don't I don't want calls after four o'clock on a Friday. Great. No further explanation needed there. The other one, actually, that one of the reps on my team brought up and I actually thought it was really funny is someone booking a call like it's 445 right now. Somebody booking a call for like 515. So you're like, oh my gosh, they're really excited. Like they want to talk to me in 30 minutes. And then like the sales rep gets excited. That's a really good high intent signal. And then you no call, no show. It's like, what? Wait, what happened in the 30 minutes that you were excited to talk to me and you booked a call with me and now you just no call, no show? Like that's a stab in the heart. I haven't done that. Okay. I'm out of defense. Sorry, buyers. I think that's pretty much all I had. Those are just kind of off the cuff riffing on some of the things that drive us nuts. I think, like I said, the main takeaways are just remember salespeople are people. And then also on sales end, remember like kind of similar, like the reason that buyers are so rude, like I went on my whole rant about why they sometimes don't give context is because we have been harassed before. Even just I think our team does a good job of this, just calling it out, right? Calling out that we're not going to go through the like terrible typical process, calling out that we're not going to harass you. Just like sometimes the buying experience feels like this weird cosplay or this Mm. weird show, like we're all in software. So we know that you're doing bant to us right now. Like we know that you're asking these questions because you're trying to decide whether or not you should move us to the next stage of the funnel. We know you're trying to multi-thread. Like we all get it. And sometimes it just feels weird that we just nicely go into these roles and do it. So I think as much as possible, let's just like call it out. Like, Like stop it being this weird formal process that we're all doing. And let's just like talk to people as people. I love it. I'm good to end on that. Cool.
Happy holidays, everyone. Bye.